uh, hey, everybody, especially anybody in Canada that might be listening, because uh, this is a, like a, actually a Canadian crossover kind of episode. Uh, so there's this podcast I'm going to tell you about called uh, Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote as Kids, and I have uh, made friends with uh, Dan, uh, one of the creators of the show, uh, kind of online, just kind of independent podcasters uh, trying to kind of find our way in podcasting. Uh, you know, we, we, we like it's nice to be able to find people who say, hey, like, let's try to help each other out with uh, stuff. And uh, like, let me tell you about the podcast first. Uh, this is from the website. Uh, grownups uh, read things they wrote as kids. Uh, since 2007, uh, brave adults across Canada have shared their own weird and wonderful childhood and teenage writings. Uh, grownups read things they wrote as kids as a live onstage storytelling event. Uh, the show's primary goal is to entertain, but beyond that, the aim is to invite everyone, readers, live audience, uh, members, uh, radio podcast listeners to reflect on their own lives, uh, to, to connect with who they used to be, and then draw a line that connects the past and the present. Embarrassing, moving, and hilarious. Uh, these readings are powerful reminders of who they used to be. And then uh, this is how the idea uh uh, came about in uh, 2006. This is Dan here talking. Uh, my girlfriend Jenna, now my wife, and I were visiting my parents or her parents in Kingsville in, in Ontario. It, the, all the uh, stutterings mine and not in the writing. Uh, Jenna's parents asked her to clear out some boxes she had stored in the basement. Uh, going through the boxes, we discovered Jenna's early teenage diary. Uh, written those years when she was just on the edge of puberty. With drinks in hand, we spent the better part of an afternoon reading diary entries out loud to one another. Some were funny, some were bittersweet, but the thing that struck me the most is how Jenna's diary gave me a glimpse into a past I'd never seen before. Uh, we figured there's lots of other people probably had in their childhood and teenage writing kicking around somewhere. In their parents' basements, boxes, storage lectures. So I asked my mom to send me some of my childhood schoolwork, uh, then we booked a night upstairs at the Victory Cafe in Toronto, invited some friends, and crossed our fingers. Uh, people showed up, we had some drinks, we laughed, and we've been doing live shows ever since. Uh, but since 2008-2009 uh, and then into 2013, this has been a radio show and then a podcast. And so you can find it in your podcatching device, uh, like whether it's Apple Podcasts or whatever you use, and I'll link to it in the show notes. And, you know, Dan's interaction and I didn't have anything to do with it. just had to kind of do with podcasting in general and kind of behind, general behind-the-scenes kind of stuff. And But I, like, had heard a dance podcast and, it, like, uh, I don't know, in the back of my mind, uh, like, I was like, huh, like, uh, well, like, it's just an amusing concept. And, like he says, like, a, a good insight into people's uh uh, past and who they are then, who who they w were, who they are. Uh, but then I started thinking about uh, how I don't really keep anything, and I live across the country from where I grew up. And uh, I was like, did I in in the in how like I was always a very angsty kid, and I was thinking, geez, I don't think I have anything that I wrote as a kid uh, left uh, that I know of. There may be one thing in a computer. Yeah, that my mom told me about. Uh, so we'll talk. We'll talk about that. But I was thinking, like I said, well, I'd like to do something to kind of promote Dan's podcast because I think uh, he's great and his podcast is great. 
and to kind of flush out this idea. So this is kind of be like a tribute to the uh, like things I can barely remember that I might have wrote as a kid. And also I'm barely a grown up. So, yeah, so I thought I'd just take, take everybody down some memory lane and, and, uh, my memory serve foggy does not do it. It's a good thing I live in the Bay area because holy moly. And I was saying, so like, if anybody listens to the podcast pretty regularly, like, uh, curse of the cursing notebooks, uh, maybe came out a few months ago. And that's kind of a story of writing that I like non-creative writing that I did. And, uh, I think I, I, I may have like, a, I, I may have a list of goals that I have as a kid somewhere. And I have, I have that pretty fresh in my mind because my goals have almost never changed. Yeah. Which is interesting. So maybe we'll talk about that, even though I don't have that there, but I was kind of trying to remember the first thing I wrote as a kid and I have this one distinct memory from first grade that I told my daughter about. This isn't like actually creative writing. And a lot of you might remember when, when the things like the first perm episode, uh, this was a first grade teacher. I had some, I had some trouble with, she was mostly pretty nice, but, uh, you know, I was a difficult, challenge, challenging student. I was challenging, uh, like, uh, like wasn't easy for me in school, and it wasn't easy for the people around me. Uh, and I think this was in first grade. And I remember we were sitting at a table. I don't. I think we had desks, but we were working at a table in small groups. And this was about the time one of the Star Wars movies was out. I don't know which one. Probably Jedi, but maybe it was Empire. Because uh, it would have been 1981 or two, and we were sitting at a table, like one of those U-shaped tables, and maybe it was put into a whole circle. I think it was. Maybe it was a circular table, and we were talking about compound words. That was the lesson for the day. What is a compound word? Is like two words together that mean something. Uh, I guess like b- b- barbell. Is a barbell, is that a compound word? You know, now, like I said, I'm barely a grown-up. Is is a barbell a compound word? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Like, because it has a bar, and then it kind of has two bells on the side. So I guess, but I don't know how to spell barbell. Is it B-A-R-B-E-L-L? Like, so yeah, I guess that would be a compound word. And she'd say, what were the two words? Uh, Bar and bell. And it was different than whatever those things come at the beginning of a word or the Greek things or the Latin things. Uh, like transformer is not a, a compound word. Trans is not a word. Former isn't either. I mean, it, it's a word that means something different. So transformer uh, isn't a compound word. So that would be an example of what isn't a compound word. And I didn't think of this because I wasn't listening to Dr. Mento at the time, but fish heads would be another one. Or would that be just in a piece of anatomy? Uh, huh, that's a good question. I don't know if that is that a compound word or not, uh, or is there a space in there? Uh, but I remember I came up with a compound word, and then I muttered it to myself, and the kid next to me stole it. And, and it's like the first memory of a kid stealing my, like the first idea that was ever stolen from me. And it was from Star Wars, even though I had never seen a Star Wars movie, I was familiar with the character Hammerhead. 
Like, I didn't realize it was a fish friend either. I think I just realized it was a character thing. But I said, like, Hammerhead, that's one. Definitely, yeah, definitely Hammerhead. And this kid, Chris, uh, who I was kind of friends with on and off uh, throughout grammar school. And maybe even, like, uh, well, whatever. He, he raised his hand. I'm pretty sure it was him. Or it could have been, it might have been another kid. Uh Either way, one of these two kids, it was definitely one of these two other kids. I don't want to say the other kid's name, uh, but they, they said, Hammerhead, teacher. And uh, she said, wow, holy cow. And I was so irritated. Uh, she said, and then she said, what are the words? And uh, they said, hammer and head. And uh, I said, wow, what a great word. It really came up with And I couldn't, like, uh, it wasn't like, I think I was a little bit outraged, but I was kind of like surprised because uh, I don't think I had, it was my first uh, idea theft. So I said, whoa, wow, that's the first, uh, like I just had this look on my face, like I had just been played, like because the words had just been stolen right out of my mouth. And uh, I don't know if I think, I, maybe I said that was my idea or something, but maybe I just uh, acquiesced um, and, uh, you know, I said, uh, a jerk face or something. He said, no, okay, go to the principal's office. And I still, like, I, like I had, like, recently, uh, like, uh, someone dealing with ideas, and I gave them a bunch of free ideas that they took for free, that they were, uh, uh, so it, like, and I still had the same thing. I had this meeting with this person, and uh, I didn't make sure everything was signed before it's, this was actually about a year ago, and uh, we talked about all these great ideas, and then they said, oh, great, uh, we'll get back to you about uh, sponsoring your podcast, and then they uh, implemented all those ideas. And I think I had the same look on my face then as I, as I did when I was a kid. I was totally surprised. I said, wait a second. Wait, wait. Uh, so that happens. Uh, yeah, so that was but that was the first thing. It seemed like it got a little passive aggressive there, but it was like uh, like I can't believe it's just the fact that uh, like I was like when I was a little kid, I was dismayed, and then this time I was also like, "What did that just happen? Like uh, you just took my idea and presented it as your own." And I don't know if I had another compound word. I think I probably did. It wasn't barbell, a blowtorch. Great, great job, uh, grammar school brain. That I think that is a. Uh, um, pinhole. I think that is pinwheel. Okay, very, very good. You, you brain part. You brain bots are really good at compound words. Guess what? Brain bot is a compound word. Uh, that wasn't even on purpose. And uh, so, but the, other than that, I'm trying to think of any other grammar school creative writing. Oh boy, I just, I think I just like. I, I wish I had. I took a computer class. Holy cow, this is going to go off the rails already. Like, uh, maybe I talked about this. Uh, is this, I guess, because we had the intro. So I, I was going to say, is this too early to go down this road? But I don't think it is. Uh, but, but like, th this is, uh, we're talking about Little Scoots. And uh, Little Scoots had a different, you know, in order to make a sleep podcast, your life's got to take some different different turns, you know. And your grasp on reality and normalcy is not always. So I did take, I remember this one summer, we took a computer class. I think my brother Carl and I, maybe my sister, out at like a summer, like a summer computer class. I think it was out at Split Rock School, I believe, uh, out in uh, the suburbs of Syracuse.
And I think we probably did some word process. It was probably on apples. We probably did some word processing. We probably did some of that, uh, whatever the heck that language is that never did anything, but you move the turtle around, the Logan. Or it, it, my programming went like 10, write a bad word, or 10, write a bad, like something, 20, go to 10. And then I would just have a bad word go on the screen for infinity. That was in basic. I don't know. Is that basic where you just do 10, 20? But then there was that graphical one where you tell where the uh, the turtle thing where to go. We probably did some of that in computer class. And we probably did some cool writing in there. I can't remember anything I wrote. The only thing I remember from computer class, unfortunately, was, uh, uh, like, and again, this was, like, outside of my school. So it was, like, uh, this is when I still, like, I, I guess you do develop. Do you develop introversion or are you born that way? Or do you do things to reinforce introversion? Because uh, I remember I had already inhabited a role at my grammar school, which was, as I talked about, like, uh, I had friends. I was lucky enough to have good friends. Uh, but as far as the male so- social hierarchy went, I was the second lowest or the third lowest out of, like, two classrooms of males. Like, uh, like uh, there was one or two kids, and one of the other kids, he was much better. Like, he was, like, a Lannister type, so he had a much better way of, like, uh, and he was good at denying that he was, like, I knew, like, uh, like, I was in the bottom four, like, even though I had friends that were in the top, like, and we sat that way at lunch. And, like, uh, I, like I would sit near my friends, but, I, like, I knew my, like, this was, like, this is how grammar school worked back then. I hopefully it doesn't work like this now. Uh, but I had, like, already worn in, like, I knew, like, my place. My place had been assigned. But, again, I was lucky enough to have friends where some of the other kids didn't. It's even some of the kids in the mid- middle of the hierarchy. Uh, actually the, the number one kid, he was, uh, usually he was number one or number two. He had straight A's and he always struggled for friendship. So I, I look, I don't look at it in a morose way. Like I was very lucky. I had very close friends growing up. Uh, so I was very like, uh, but I, like, I also had, like, also had to deal with like, uh, and I wasn't always the nicest kid either. So let's just not like, uh. But I was low on the, like, social hierarchy. It, it just was a fact. And that was, like, it could be a bit emasculating, even though we weren't men. Like, I mean, I'm not talking, like, this is, like, first, second, third, fourth grade. There was still, like, uh, like there's still a bit of emasculation going on, or beta male, alpha male thing, whatever you want to call it. So when I got out of... Uh, my school's environment, I would flourish again for a little while. But you'll see, like, uh, you think uh, some of this is ingrained behavior. What this has to do with what I wrote as a kid, I wrote something at this computer camp. Don't remember what it is. And I may have told this story on the podcast, but I don't think I have. Oh, good. I can't believe I'm telling it now. It, maybe I did, but it would have been in like a 45th minute instead of the uh, 30th minute. Uh, but so, like, uh, Okay, so social. So when I got outside, especially when there was, uh, especially when there was classmates uh, that I was attracted to, there was like a couple girls that I'm sure, like I was like, uh, had butterflies. I don't remember having a huge crush on anyone. Well, you know, whatever you call like attraction, like youth, youthful attraction, or whatever your classmates in computer class. 
I guess it was computer camp. We never learned how to crack into, like, uh, mainframes or anything. That was why I was there. Uh, and then, like, uh, I would have to wait till my parents left the house anyway to try to try to do it at my parents' house uh, once they figured all that out. Uh, but so, um, what was my point? So my point was, uh, yeah, so like, I think I wrote things in there. So like, I got a little carried away and this one day, it, I think a lot of the days we had, like, it was structured. Like you'd have a lesson, then you'd take your lunch break, then you'd have another lesson and then your parents would pick you up or whatever. And I don't remember having a lot of recess time, but I remember this one beautiful summer day. Or maybe it was like we had graduated, like, so I was really, I guess that was probably it. Uh, like, we had graduated, and uh, so we had the whole afternoon, maybe we even had a party with sugar and stuff. Uh, and so we were allowed out into, like, like the computer lab opened into a little grassy area with a tree in the center of the grassy area. And it was very picturesque, and we were all kind of running around. And definitely my, like, uh, I was high, I guess. That's all I could say, high on attraction and sugar and graduating from computer camp with a certificate, uh, uh, you know, and maybe some stories. We probably did do. I wish I had those stories. And uh, so... Yeah, it was really like I was riding high. We'll just say that. And uh, I do not know what possessed me to do this. Uh, and like, I think we were talking to other classmates and I decided I had to uh, pee. Uh, and uh, like, I think I ran it by, I don't know what I was thinking, but I it, like there was girls in the class and I said, uh, well, I'm going to go to the bathroom right on this tree. And I don't think anyone dared me. That never happened to me. Like, I always came up with the bad ideas right on my own and just decided to do them. And I think, like, people were shocked by my boldness of even proposing the idea. And then I said, well, I'm going to do it. Like, uh, I got to go. And I'm having fun running around. I'm just going to pee on this tree. And it wasn't like there was no privacy. This was like, I didn't know what I was thinking that I wouldn't get caught or no one would tell on me. Because the computer teachers, who were probably volunteers uh, or regular school teachers that were making, like, whatever, 50 bucks for the entire summer for a class of, like, with one lunatic, me in there. But whatever, I decided to pee right on the tree in computer class. And, and then that that was it for me in computer camp permanently. I'm not kidding. Like, uh, and we were very young, so it wasn't... Uh, I guess I didn't realize that it was obscene. Maybe you could say it was obscene, but it wasn't like I was like, uh, I was maintaining some privacy. Uh, so no one could see anything other than the fact that they knew us being on the tree. Um, and, uh, like, of course the teacher, someone told on me and then my mom got called and then I had to sit down with the teachers and my mom and I still, I guess to the, now I do see, like, at the time I just said, well, I just peed, like, what do you mean? Like, I just peed on the tree. Uh, it's outside. Uh, I mean, I do it all the time. Like, I think I probably said, I, my mom was probably like, be quiet. Like I said, I do it all the time at home. And I do, like, even, like, uh, I don't do it, like, when, when I'm on vacation, I probably pee on some trees. Not in front of people, I guess, would be the only difference. And, uh, like, so that was a mistake. Uh, and I, I, I guess I didn't learn from, I did learn from the mistake. Don't pee in front of people. 
on a tray and you'll get caught. Uh, I feel bad for my mom. I guess I didn't realize how embarrassing that probably was. Uh, like, probably for my mom, she's probably like, okay, this is finally, they got this kid a computer camp. Uh, maybe he's learning something, which I, I mean, I, I, no offense, but I don't think I learned any skills there. Maybe I wrote some stories, but I don't remember. The Day I, the day I Peed on a Tree by uh, Andrew Ackerman. And, I mean, probably wasn't the best. I mean, probably, like, nowadays, they say, okay, like, uh, like now I'm seeing a therapist. So, uh, well, but, like, how did I get to this story? But so, uh, so I wrote something there, but I don't remember what it was. I guess that's the whole concept of this episode. So I don't remember what I wrote at Computer Camp, but uh, maybe there's something from Computer Camp uh, out there somewhere. Probably doubtful. I was even trying, I mean, I was also thinking by massaging the memory yeah, that something would come out. And I can see dot matrix printed things. Uh, so, I, I mean, I'm aware, like, okay, we probably did. I can almost see, I think, because it still had the green and white paper coming out of the dot matrix. And I can see the stories of, like, uh, I can see us editing them. But I can't see any story uh, content, but it's there. So maybe during this podcast, something will unfold and, and blossom. But at least you got to hear about that mistake. Uh, like, uh, like, uh, and I'll have an older brother. I guess that's the way I always look at it. Like, uh, I guess as an older brother, now my parents knew to tell my bro- sibling. I don't think I told my siblings, hey, you, you know what, uh, Here's something nobody told me. Don't pee in front of the kids in your school against a tree. Like, don't pee outside the bathroom. Like, uh, But maybe my parents said, they said, hey, listen, we didn't realize, uh, like, we saw your brother had some common sense, but he doesn't. So just in case you don't, uh, don't pee on any trees. Uh, so that was grammar school. I'm trying to think of anything in grammar school. Nothing's, like, sticking out to me as, uh, like, a big moment of, like, oh, boy, I remember writing that. Uh, I mean, I definitely probably wrote some goofy stuff. Uh, I mean, the the high, I think the highlights, I think I talked about this, was Hat Day, uh, when we were supposed to bring, like, bring a hat, like, wear a hat, and I just put uh, a pair of tidy whities on a baseball hat, and uh, I said, hey, this is my underwear hat. I didn't get, I guess I was so creative that uh, I got laughed at, but I don't think I, maybe I did have to take it off. Uh, but yeah, so that was, uh, so grammar school. So then I got to seventh grade, and in my school, like uh, seventh, uh, middle school was new. So, um, and in seventh grade, we had like whatever you call it, tracking, where you take a test before you go in. And they put you, uh, and I was at like, and, and I think I talked about this at my school, there was five different, uh, tracks and I was on like, so seventh grade, you could be in seven, one, seven, two, seven, three, or seven, four or seven, five. And I was in seven, one and like, uh, so were all people that ended up being like, uh, like, uh, super, like the coolest people in the world. Most of my friends were in seven, five or two or three of them. And then a few other ones were in the middle sevens. Uh, but I was in seven, one, which that's, that's the great, that's the group that John Hughes movies are made about. Uh, and I, I wouldn't have been a protagonist. I would have been like in the background, uh, 
but not important. So that was seven one, and then like I'd already get, I'd already kind of given up on school anyway by seventh grade, and this was good for me being in seventh seven one. Like I guess solidified the uh, antagonist relationship with the education system for me. And kids were so rebellious in there, and my life was so dominated by pop culture that it became like this self-fulfilling prophecy. Like I like was so enamored with John Hughes movies that uh, I didn't. I wasn't quite the character I wanted to be, but I was like, I'm living a John Hughes movie. I get kids like uh, like in my class drunk, and I get kids like you know smoking cigarettes and. You know all sorts of crazy stuff. So it was it was a blast, uh, and it was hard on the teachers because the more uh, like uh, I started to kind of whatever generate these things. But we did have an English class, right? And uh, yeah, I talked about this story before. Uh, this was my first, like uh, one of my first. It wasn't my first. Uh, where I got the taste of performance, uh, the thrill of making people laugh, uh, making a group of people laugh. Uh, but this was like one of the most clearest memories was, uh, so in seventh grade, we had an English class and at some point we started doing some creative writing and I think it was like just a writing prompt and it was very open. And I remember I wrote this story and I kind of felt like, uh, it was pretty good, and I'll talk about the story. And but but I was like, okay, like oh, and it was also a rewriting. We did writing and rewriting. Uh, but like, uh, like I thought it was a pretty good story. And then it was time for everyone to read their stories. Like maybe we did it for homework. It was like the only homework I ever did in my life. And I'll never forget this because it definitely had an impact on the podcast. Like. Uh, like, I remember reading the story, and the class was just hushed, and it wasn't a dramatic story. And then people were laughing at some of the jokes or whatever, the funny stuff that was happening that I don't, I don't remember. And even the teacher was laughing. And she, like, the teacher, she was a nun, but she was, like, a, a kind of a younger, hipper nun. And it wasn't, like, a racy story or anything, but even the teacher was, like, you couldn't really believe... uh like, uh, what, like, like she was just cracking up uh, and like, uh, and then the teacher started giving me feedback, uh, based on like her experience from the story. And it was influenced by Indiana Jones. It was called Indiana Jones instead of Indiana Jones, which probably rubbed this other kid the wrong way. Cause there was a kid at our school who was model who modeled himself after Indiana Jones uh, who I was friends with for a little while. Uh, but, uh, like, uh, no, I think that was later we became friends, so I don't think it was influenced by him yet. Maybe he wasn't at the school yet. And I don't even remember the story. Like, I remember the rewrite because the teacher, like, it was called In- Indiana Jones and the Temple of Achu. And, like, it originally, I think the original concept was the temple looked like a nose, but it was still still a real temple. But then, uh, like, uh, and I don't remember what Indiana Jones was doing. Probably encountered some, wa- like, probably like episode of the podcast, some wacky characters that he, uh, you know, offered him challenges. Ideally, like, uh, that's what I was writing back then. Uh, but that uh, the teacher was like, like, oh, like, is it inside a nose? She's like, I was picturing it going on inside a nose. And I said, uh, 
It, but she was still laughing, so I said, oh, yeah, 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 totally, inside a nose. Uh, so then I rewrote it, or maybe I wrote a sequel to it, uh, like that was nose-themed, but he didn't know he was in a nose. So the rewrite was like different things were uh, letting Indiana Jones, as he's temple, going into this temple, like in search of treasure, you know, that uh, first there's wind, then there's it's running, then he's swinging on vines, and then the sneezing and shooting him out, and, you know, stalactites and stuff like that. So that was it. And then I think I wrote one more in that series, but I don't remember anything about it. Uh, but to regular listeners of the podcast, that should sound pretty familiar because uh, I guess it, like, cause it is. Uh, it's who I am then, who I am now. And I'm trying to think of any other, like a seventh or eighth grade writing things uh, that stick out to me as major moments. Uh, I wrote a lot of notes and uh, like, uh, but I didn't, I don't really remember any of that stuff. Uh, So like, uh, and then, I mean, I I did write it like, like uh, at different points in middle school and high school, I just, I definitely wrote like a, you know, like, uh, like a lot of, uh, heated parody or whatever about teach, you know, like, I'm sure I wrote a lot of characters, like characterizations of classmates and teachers. That was, uh, more comedy angst, uh, that'd probably be like ashamed of at this point. Uh, but it doesn't really stick out to me. I mean, I did like do a lot of cartoons. I'm not much of a drawer. but I did like, you know, to me, like once I got hooked on making people laugh, you know, then, like, uh, I, I uh, oh, this brings up another thing I could talk about maybe. But, like, uh, then, like, I'd do anything for those, like, that drug of la- making people laugh. Uh, and, again, I wasn't the class clown, so um, I, I had a different way of trying to make people laugh because I wasn't, um, I don't know, just like on the podcast, my style is a little bit more slow and unintentionally funny a lot of times. Or it could be more acerbic and plotted than uh, off-the-cuff wacky, which is like a good, good class clown. And, and, and in grammar school, we had a great class clown. This kid, Brian, I'm surprised he never became a stand-up comedian because he was hilarious in grammar school. And in high school and middle school, again, like we'll probably talk about it, but, uh, uh, well, I just let's get it out now. Let's just put it all out there now. Like it's some, By the time the end of high school came, I wasn't the nicest person, but I definitely consider myself the funniest person. But there was someone else that was a class clown, and he was actively campaigning for, like, whenever you vote, like, funniest person at the school. And I was kind of too cool. Like, I was like, well, I don't, you know, I'm too funny. Like, I'm funny, so I don't need to get people to vote for me for being funny. Uh, but I was still mad when I lost to him. Those, like, it was just sweet justice that he he was, uh, but also he's a class, he was a class clown. Uh, you know, he did voices of... Uh, uh, like, uh, you know, he was like, like, uh, yeah, it's not that big a deal. I, I should get over it, but, uh, uh, okay. I'm trying to talk to myself right now. So I don't remember. Okay. So seventh and eighth grade, I, like, I don't really remember much else that I did writing wise. And then we get into about a uh, sophomore year of high school. Like this was like, uh, another turning point for me and not the greatest turning point. 
and where I kind of like actually like decided to depart from uh, nourishing and uh, helping my internal child or whatever you want to call it. And that was actually like a very deliberate decision. Like, unfortunately, like, like, uh, I had this wonderful English teacher, Mr. S and he was incredibly into literature. And this was the year we kind of read like, uh, Walter Mitty and to build a fire. Like, so a lot of like, uh, I think this, this was the year we read that stuff. Maybe it was freshman here, but, uh, you know, just a lot of cool stuff to be exposed to. And there was two different things I wrote in that class uh, where, like, I was going in the right direction. And the first was we did haikus. And I remember I, I love, like, creative constraint. Uh, so this very much appealed to me, the the challenge of a haiku in whatever writing prompt the teacher gave us. Or maybe we just had to write two haikus. Uh, but I love constrained, uh, like, things like that, like, even now with the podcast. Like, so I said, oh, boy. Like, uh, and I remember cracking down at this haiku. I remember staying up so late uh, working on these haikus. And these weren't funny haikus. These were ones I was re- – maybe I did one funny one. And I remember I even had, like, we only needed two, I think, or maybe three. And I remember I had, like uh, – extras and i was like editing and then being like okay what are the best ones here maybe i could turn in four like uh but then i better write them in best to worst order and i don't i just remember the one was like uh the best one in my opinion was in the teacher's opinion was like about blades of grass at dawn like uh in the dew on the grass like uh but it was like more of like uh like, I mean, I was only in high school, so it was a little bit on the nose, but like, uh, but it wasn't clear they were blades of grass at first, at the first part of the haiku, but, but, but the blades, you know, like shining or something might've been, I, I don't know. But, uh, I remember I, I, it was like the first time I wrote something that I thought was good and it was confirmed by the teacher. He was like, it took me aside. He said, wow, this is like, you, you get a, and I mean, I never got A's in anything, uh, except for like maybe the Indiana Jones story. Like I, I was like not a good student. So, uh, and it was more, I mean, maybe I got some sometimes, but it, like, this was one where I felt like I earned it. I knew I put in the work and I felt like I edited it and that I was proud of the work and the teacher in some sense confirmed that. And, uh, it was like, this is so good. And I think we were having like an open house or something. And my haikus were featured prominently in his classroom. And then I remember, uh, and this is one of my friends that uh, I'm still friends with, actually. But we've always had like a male, a contentious male relationship, especially in, in high school, like competitive and uh, like with some like uh, – like where we're friends and we dislike each other at the same time. And I remember we were on a bus and I don't, I think maybe we were, go, I don't know if it was like a, a field trip. It, maybe it was, it must've been a field trip. Uh, uh, Cause I remember who I was sitting with uh, and it got around to me that this friend of mine was spreading the rumor that I had uh, plagiarized these, uh, uh, these haikus 
and I was uh, so enraged, so, like uh, I was uh, like hurt and angry. But I guess again, I guess with the hammerhead thing, I also knew it also made sense to me because it, it was undeniable, like with internally. Like I guess I wasn't so upset because uh, like uh, like uh, like in uh, I guess I felt some aggression because they said, "Well, who like an outrage? Like who are you? Like I can't believe this!" Like. And I remember the kid, uh, like, I was sitting with, because we had gone to grammar school together. And I said, well, that's total junk, man. I wrote those things, and I know I wrote them. And most of me, like, at that time, was like, this is just pure jealousy. And and, and maybe even a part of me was, like, in, uh, thrilled by it. Uh, like, because it, like, further confirmed how good they were. Like, he was reading them to other classes, uh and that's how my friend, like, what spurred the jealousy. And, uh, like, so whatever, like, uh, like, but I, I just, it, but I guess it gets, when you talk about ideas, like, and, and people taking ideas or whatever, like, uh, there's this part of me that was surprised and not surprised. Like, well, why would someone accuse you of plagiarism when, uh, it's like the best thing I've ever done. And when, for someone that, you know, I think a lot of listeners maybe can relate, like, uh, I was never, like, the most athletic kid. I was never the most, uh, I was always one of the smallest kids. I was never one of the most uh, socially adept kids, but I did have have a lot of friends. You know, I didn't have a lot of luck with, uh, like, classmates I was attracted to. I didn't do good in school. So this was something different for me, like, this positive, uh, like, and I guess it was something that I wasn't prepared for. Cause what happened after that was that, uh, the teacher gave us another writing prompt, not that long after when I was still on this high from the teacher's praise and the teacher wanted us to write our own obituaries. And then he like went through the paper back when this was when people read newspapers and kind of gave us a bunch of examples and talked about it. And this, again, was a formative, I guess, experience for me in a bunch of different ways, but a way that directly impacts the podcast is that I got home and I started working on it, and I decided to throw out, like I said, okay, the writing prompt is just to write your own obituary. It doesn't say that you have to follow the format. That was just an example, and that's what everybody else is going to do. So I'm not going to do that, and I'm going to write a poem instead uh, about, uh, like about, about it, like instead of doing like, uh, and I said, like, everybody's going to write their accomplishments that they wanted to accomplish, uh, like, uh, like, you know, the, all the great things they did. And I was already like, kind of like, uh, had a, like an edge, I guess. So I was like, uh, I don't care about that and that kind of stuff. And I already knew at the time, like that I was a imper- very imperfect person. And so, I wrote this thing in like rhyming couplets or whatever, uh, about like a poem about it instead of, uh, um, and I wish I had it and it may be saved on a computer, but I, I remember, I think it said, uh, like I never did see that bus something, something. So like, I don't know. It, it was like, uh, but the, the clothes was like, uh, like that I'm kind of r- r- like running through the story in my head, just like, I guess, like the podcast yeah, in a poem while I'm like walking and I'm trapped in my own head. And then I get to an elevator and a man in red spandex asks if I'm going down. 
I forgot what what the like what line came before that, but that was like the closing line. And again, this was something I spent a lot of time on, and I never did any homework. So I was like working on the rhymes, working on the syllables. Like, okay, it's not enough syllables. Uh, you know, I wanted all the syllables to match up uh, with each like uh, couplet or whatever. And I remember working, 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 and uh, then I remember delivering it, and we got to read it. And, it, of course, like, and it, I mean, I guess you're allowed to have a little ego. It crushed. I mean, it crushed. Uh, everyone else read, like, uh, you know, Joseph Jones, uh, head of, uh, you know, Firestone Bank, and uh, father, you know, mine mine was, like, like all the bad things I did as a kid, uh, just like Chunk, my, one of my heroes, and it ends up then has a turn at the end where it's like, oh, like uh, you're listing in a rhyme all the things you did as you're walking uh, to be escorted uh, to where you belong. And uh, like, uh, so that was one turning point was like saying, OK, let's throw these rules out and uh, let's take this creative constraint in a different direction. Uh, but unfortunately, the flip side of it was the teacher was very impressed. And I've talked about this before. And this is an amend I still have to make. Yeah, but the poor teacher was also thrilled with it. And I guess he had been thrilled. And uh, uh, he he's told me, Jesus needs to be published. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I think he meant like just in like some kids, whatever. Uh, but he was very encouraging. And uh, it kind of like, like I, I mean, I just was not into authority figures. And I still... As much as I liked him and as, as enthusiastic as he was, I couldn't take affection or I, I couldn't take positive attention. Like, like I could take the, the, the drug-like thrill uh, that was almost illicit from, like, having a teacher be happy with you and from having making teachers laugh. Uh, but I had to stop there. I couldn't enter in, in, into any, like— uh, mentor intimacy like which is like maybe what he he was like jesus let's get this poem published it's great and i remember him being very enthusiastic and me saying no you know what like like uh i'm not interested like uh like uh like and then uh like after that we just our relationship was never the same actually and maybe I was more direct about my rejection of his, his enthusiasm. And that's just something I always struggle with is like matching other people's enthusiasm. Yeah. But like, uh, hopefully I could find that. That was a poem. Then, um, a couple more things we'll, we'll end on. Like, uh, I remember writing, uh, this was another one. This was later in high school. And I don't know what class it was for. Maybe it's for English class again. We had to do an instruction manual. And I think this was like senior year, maybe junior year. Uh, and so I did my instruction manual on um, uh, like uh, like uh, if you if you uh, I'm trying to think of how to say this in a sleep podcast, like uh, everyone again, like uh, took it in a literal way. I think one or two other people did some pretty wacky stuff. Uh, but uh, I took as like uh, like if you're in a like the movie War Games, but it wasn't a game. Like how how would you get through that? Like uh, if you were to prepare for that, and uh, like what would you need? And I actually took it seriously. Now this was before the internet, so I couldn't actually do any real research. But I was like, okay, you need water, you need air, you need to be deep in the earth, and. Uh, 
you know, have lead lined stuff and you'll need stuff to do. You'll need to be able to go to the bathroom. Uh, but I kind of did it in like a fun instruction manual. And then actually that became, that was met with enthusiasm again. And one very creative person in my class, so she was like, okay, like, uh, yeah, like, uh, and so I tried to develop that into a story because I said, well, that'd be interesting. Like, uh, people living kind of down in the earth, uh, and that didn't work out. Uh, but then that classmate of mine, Emily, who went to NYU, uh, film school. So she, you know, obviously she's like super creative and intelligent. Uh, at some point we got called to the principal's office cause we're, I don't know how we we had separately developed the reputations of, uh, uh, I, I don't know, like wanting to be creatives. Uh, and so we had had like TVs in every classroom and they needed people to do the, like the, the promos for the school, like for the school fundraisers and stuff. And so, and this was like one of the other, this was when I was probably a senior, maybe a junior. And so Emily and I, the principal was like, okay, we want you to, to do all the promos, like write the videos and film the videos. And Emily was kind of on the more, uh, behind the camera stuff. And I was on the more writing the skits kind of stuff, uh, and, uh, so that was fun. I, I remember like getting like uh, a lot of it was like game show type themed or, uh, you know, that type of stuff. Uh, but I don't really remember a lot of the details. And then like when people were running for student council, that was another thing. And that was, I guess a lot of it was game show themed. Uh, oh no, I did one, uh, I guess like, a, like, uh, that was like, I was a big fan of Chris Rock back then. So I did a lot of Chris Rock, uh, tributes, uh, but, uh, like I would write, like, uh, for people when they ran for student council, I wrote a lot of, uh, like, uh, tributes, uh, whatever you call it, uh, skits for them too. Um, I don't really remember any details about that. So I don't know. This could be interesting. We could return to it because my mind is, uh, there's a lot of gaps in there, but I'm sure there's other stuff. And there is, like, one other, uh, resource I'm, I'm trying to think like uh that i might have some stuff uh but yeah a lot of stuff i wrote was probably just like uh, a parody of like uh teachers and uh i mean there was one time i guess you could close with this again like i'm a holy chunk but uh we used to have to write out our biology homework we like at the end of every chapter there was like 10 questions that were contained in the chapter the answers and I didn't write, like, I have trouble handwriting, but, you know, I had to handwrite these answers. So you had to write out the whole question, and then you had to answer the question from the text. Uh, and I just found it to be monotonous, busy work. Uh, and in some sense, it is a good learning technique for me to, like, re rewrite something. So it was something I used, I guess, later in life, but... Uh, like to make your own note, like build your own notes out of the text. But uh, this was more, you had to do it in exact words and you had to write out the whole question. So at some point I theorized with my friends, I was like, there's no way he's reading all these like 66 uh, people once a week turn these in. There's 0% chance he's writing it. So one week I wrote out all the questions and then I just wrote a, a very bad story, like, uh, and I don't mean like, uh, like, uh, to test him. 
like after the questions, instead of answers for one or two sentences, I wrote stuff that was just outrageous. And I really, I guess I believed he would never read it because it probably said a lot of stuff about him and it probably wasn't nice. It was probably, I mean, it was hilarious. I will say that. Uh, I mean, like, uh, like at other people's expense. So like, I feel torn about it, but it was funny. And, uh, I handed it in and I never got it back until I got home from school one day. My dad was home from work early and it was like, oh, you're suspended or whatever. Like, uh, this came in the mail or we had to go to school while you were at school, uh, for a meeting with the principal and your teacher. And I said, oh, great. Uh, uh, and I mean, it was just something like to sit and read it with your father and mother, uh, I was like, well, I never thought he would read it. Uh, so, but like, uh, so I guess, but that still kind of informs the podcast in some sense. But yeah, make sure to check out the podcast. Uh, things uh, grown ups read things they wrote as kids. Those are some things I wrote as a kid. And just picture the lines of the dot matrix printer going back and forth uh, with a sleepy, pillowy like sound. The churning outward processing of children as you drift off to sleep. Good night.